what I want you to do just to start off with, I love Psalm 100 because it just says, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and we enter his courts with praise. And I, I really believe tonight, God really wants to presence himself and we've praised him. But I just want you to just stand in his presence. Perhaps you might feel comfortable just lifting your hands and, and just for a moment, I want you to give God thanks for something. Just choose one thing. It might be just a, a relationship. It might be a healing. It might be just His faithfulness. It might be the way He's helped you. Just give thanks, just for a moment. And uh, we do. We just stand in Your presence, Jesus, and we we acknowledge just the, the wonderful way that You work in our lives. And we're incredibly thankful. We never take it for granted. We know that You are even working when we sleep. God, when we put our head on the pillow at night, you continue working on our behalf. And when we think of that, we're constantly amazed at your goodness and we give you thanks. But now just after giving thanks, just praise Him for a moment. Just give Him praise. Praise really just lifts and exalts Jesus for who He is. We praise Him because He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the beginning, the end. We praise Him because He's the rock of our salvation. We praise Him because He is the Lord God Almighty. We just lift Him up. We give Him glory. We give Him honour. We choose. We put on the garment of praise today. Come on, lift your heart. Just praise Him. Magnify Him. Just give Him glory. We honour You, Jesus. We praise You. We never, ever, ever want to allow our hearts to be overcome. But we want our lives to be lifted. And so we choose to put on that garment of praise in Jesus' name. Now just for a moment, just stand quietly, perhaps again with your hands lifted, and we just say, Holy Spirit, we thank You that You are such a master in making Jesus real to us. We know He lived in person 2,000 years ago, but Holy Spirit, for those following 2,000 years, You've constantly wanted to make Him real, make Him known. And I pray tonight that you would continually make Jesus known to us, even in greater ways. You would just minister into each one of our lives. You would somehow just impact our hearts. You'd bring shift into our life. And even tonight, just through the Word of God, something will shift, something will be manifest. Where there's just even senses of a breakthrough. Tonight I pray Holy Spirit, you'd come and you'd break through. In Jesus' name, amen. What I want you to do is, is I want you to sit for a moment and then you're gonna stand again, but I just want you to sit. So I'm not playing musical chairs. I, I just want a prophetic action. As I've come into the year 2020, I just really believed it's gonna be a year of God's favour. And favour has seasons. Favour is something that we need to embrace. Uh, it's not something that you and I can take for granted. And as I chose to get a phrase, I really felt the Holy Spirit just said, we need to arise to God's favour. It's not something that you can just sit in your seat and say, wow, I'm, I'm waiting. So what do I want you to do now is arise. <laughs> Because arise is an action. It's not, a, it's not just a being seated and contemplating, just sort of waiting for something to happen. It literally is an action. You arise. 
And my understanding of God's favour is that God wants to favour us, but we need to arise and we need to embrace it. And I want you to think about that tonight. We're gonna arise to the favour of God. And God wants to favour people here in many different ways this year. And I believe in answered prayer. There's many people who have been praying in specific areas. And I prophesy this year, God's gonna answer. I prophesy to some of you who are looking for a partner in life. Come on, this year, we're gonna arise. We're gonna have answers. We're gonna see godly connections happen, amen. I believe we're gonna see people overcome where there's been depression or fear or anxiety or whatever. We're gonna see people arise and they're gonna possess answers. They're gonna link into what God has for their life. I believe people are gonna arise and take challenges of faith in the area of their career. Perhaps you need to go to university. Perhaps you need to go to Bible college. Perhaps you need to do something. It's an action. So arising. And so I'm gonna talk about favour, but I'm gonna talk about it from the area of wisdom tonight. And so that we, how we can approach it, there's many different ways, but I'm gonna help us to understand biblically how we can engage and connect with God's wisdom to actually receive God's favour. So I just again, just say, lift your hands and just say, Jesus this year, just out with me. Jesus this year, I will arise to your favour. And at the end of the year, I believe you'll give me a testimony of your goodness in Jesus' name, amen. Turn around and give a couple of people a high five, smile, whatever. Esther Greenwood was meant to be preaching tonight, but she uh, came down with a sickness, so I'm the fill-in. <laughs> I'm not the real deal. She's the real deal. I'm just the fill-in. I'm filling a gap. Amen. Do you feel sorry for me just being the fill-in? <laughs> I'll do a good job, though. Amen. You'll be in for it. Um, what I want to do is just tell two stories I've told recently. Christmas Day, I know if you've come from the shore, I've told it there. But these two stories just help to um, bring an understanding of where I want to go tonight. Then I want to give you a couple of scriptures and then just four areas, how we can actually apply wisdom in our life. And the first story is about uh, when Helen and I were driving many years ago, and I can't remember exactly the year we were driving back from a conference. Helen was asleep, I was driving. I can remember exactly where it was. It was uh, the golf course by Maramarua. And as we were driving along, I just really felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And it's not that I hear God speak all the time, but I knew that he'd spoken. And he just said these words, he said, Bruce, I wanna treat you. And I like the word treat, because if he hadn't said, I wanna bless you, I probably wouldn't have heard it with clarity, but he used the word treat. And even though I was a bit older, not as old as I am now, I was sort of like a, a little boy sort of waiting and thinking, treat, man, I've always enjoyed treats. How many enjoy a treat? I enjoy a treat. I enjoy it when you just really feel someone thinks about you and they treat you. And so I, um, I came home and I said, you know, woke up the next morning and I was just sort of like this little naughty kid, where's my treat, God? Where's my treat? One week later, where's my treat? Come on, God, you spoke to me. Where's my treat? And um, as it goes on to keep the story short, one year went by. And I, you, you could even get to the point where you, you, you're thinking, oh, well, you didn't really hear God. But I came to God and I said, you know, I know I heard you speak to me. 
And you said, you want to treat me? And the Holy Spirit just clearly came back and said, yeah, I wanted to treat you. I would have treated you in the week I spoke to you, but your mind was not ready to take hold of what I wanted to do. And so then I asked questions, well, God changed my mind, I want the treat. <laughs> and it was as though God gave me wisdom and understanding to know how to unlock the favor and the blessing that God wanted to bring to my life. And so often we can get prophetic words, we can get direction in our life, but we in a way stand around passively waiting rather than saying, God, how do I connect and how do I actually discover what you're speaking and saying to my life? I, I want you to understand that tonight. The other story, which uh, Helen and I lived in London for seven years, and in that time there was an article in one of the papers, and the article was about a lady who had died, and when she died, they had to go round because she was a, quite a loner, and they had to clean up her apartment. They had to fumigate the apartment. She had been living substandard. It was in an absolute mess. But they discovered as they were cleaning up, there was this, there was this uh, like a certificate on the wall of her apartment. So they got it down. They discovered that this certificate had been given to her by her father, say father, many, many years ago. And she just wanted to, to, to frame it and put it on the wall because it was a, a memory of her dad. And so she, uh, they got it. And they discovered that the, the certificate was actually a share certificate. It was a stock. It was, it was uh, given by the stock exchange. And so they took it away and they had it valued. And that's how it got into the paper. They found out that the share certificate was worth 42 million pound. Around about 90 million New Zealand dollars. Now, he was this lady living in poverty, but on her wall, given by her father, was 90 million New Zealand dollars. And she only celebrated it by thanking, but never realized the gift that had been given. And I often think that that's so true of our relationship with God, is that God has given us just amazing gifts of favor, amazing gifts of blessing. He wants us to live in a realm of healing, overcoming. He wants us to begin to possess what he died for. But somehow we can go through life and we live substandard. We don't really value, we don't really appreciate what God has given. And I believe when I talk about a rising to God's favor, it's like, no, no, we're taking the sheer certificate off the wall. Can I say to you, we're actually gonna get our Bible out might be on your iPhone, it might be on the shelf, I don't know. I still like reading the, 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 the paper version because somehow it helps me a lot better. But we're gonna get it out and we're gonna discover this year just some of the, the, the blessings, some of the promises that God wants you and I to enter into. And I wanna give uh, three scriptures just to start off with in the first one. And tonight, just to rise into God's favor, I wanna actually build a series around it this year. But the first area I wanna talk about is actually about wisdom. And it just says in Proverbs chapter four, verse seven, I pray it goes up on the board because this, this is a powerful scripture. This is the word of God. This is what God says. It says, wisdom is a, the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom 
and in all your getting, get understanding. I want to say it again. Perhaps you could read it with me. Let's read it. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all your getting, get understanding. Now, I want you to think, and, and I am teaching you, young and old tonight, because we need favor. Amen? We need favor in our education. We need favor in health. We need favor in our marriages. We need favor in relationships. We need God's favor. But wisdom is really the way that God helps us to access what God wants to bring to our life. And if you take three words, you take three words, wisdom, uh, knowledge. You take the word wisdom and you take the word understanding. They're three different dimensions. We can have knowledge. I can have knowledge about someone. So I might have knowledge about Scott. I, I, I know Scott. I know a, a little bit about him and knowledge, but do I really know him? So you can have knowledge about a particular subject. You can have knowledge about marriage. You can have knowledge about what you're doing in your life. You can have knowledge. You can read a book. Knowledge, knowledge is informative. But what unlocks knowledge is wisdom. You can't have understanding without unlocking knowledge through wisdom. Wisdom unlocks knowledge. It gives you the ability to enter in to a process of knowing. And I look this year, Helen and I will celebrate our 50th wedding anniversary. Now, now I reckon that's a pretty good achievement. I just, I just wanna say it. We haven't been without our arguments and fights, but it hasn't been a hard journey. It's been a good journey, right? So we have a good marriage. But when you look at it, 50 years married, I reckon we have some understanding. <laughs> we don't just have a theory. It's not just about knowledge, Gracie. You're on the journey, right? It's just not knowledge. It's actually <laughs> 50 years' time, you'll be here. I can remember Pastor Bruce talking. <laughs> But, but, but it's not, you can read a book and you can have knowledge on marriage. You can even read a book and have a knowledge of what partner you would like. <laughs> That's a challenge. <laughs> but, but really, what actually helps you to go on this journey of actually having a good marriage is when you face, whether it's a difficulty, a challenge, or you face something in life, you have the ability to say, God, give me wisdom right now, so that I actually might learn something from the journey I'm on, and then when you actually take hold of wisdom, what God does is He gives you understanding. So what wisdom does is wisdom locks understanding. That's why it's so important, young and old in this room as we approach this year, that we say, come on God, I need wisdom this year. Wisdom is the principal thing. And all you're getting of wisdom, God wants to give you understanding. And then you look, another scripture is Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 29. And this is a parable given by Jesus after one of the most uh, phenomenal sermons. In fact, this was the, the major sermon Jesus gave when he was on earth. And he talked about many different aspects, many different issues. Some of them are practical. He talked about how to overcome anger. He talked about how to overcome uh, sexual lust. He talked about how to get your spirit right, govern yourself. He talked about how to actually serve and to go the extra mile. He talks about so many different issues. Then he comes at the end and he says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine 
and does them, I will liken him to a wise, say wise, man who builds his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat again on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But here's, here's the contrast. Here's the contrast. So he has a wise man, but he just uses a different application. He says, but whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. And then he gives a, another description, he says, which is interesting. He said, and so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that people were astonished at his teaching. Because it says he was not like the scribes, but he taught as one having authority. The scribes had information, they had knowledge, but they had no application. In a way, they were foolish. They listened, but never did. They had theory and understanding, but never applied it in their life. And I believe we've better, as a church, we're gonna be so careful that we, we're not a knowledge-based church. We're actually an application-based church. Have knowledge, glean knowledge, get knowledge, but in wisdom, outwork knowledge. Find out how it works in your life because then you've got something to say. And I like to think I'm not the most profound intellectual junkie on earth, but I think I've got a fair bit of understanding. And the understanding doesn't come out of just reading a book. It comes out of actually taking a journey in life. It, 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 it really, in a way, I, I've seen incredibly intellectual people. And some of them are very highly qualified. But when it comes to living life, I think they're absolute idiots. <laughs> because you think, where's the wisdom? Where's the wisdom? It's like you've got so much going on up here, but there's nothing that actually helps you to implement. It's almost like, in one way, God's calling us to build, but the foolish don't actually take what they hear they just listen to it. Give me more information. Give me more information. Don't be a, a Christian information junkie. The principal thing is to get wisdom. And all your getting of wisdom, get understanding, because that will help you in life far more than anything else will. And I believe that this year, as we come into this year, God is really wanting for those, those uh, young people who are going on revolution camp, you know, revo camp, did I get it right? Anyhow, that camp. <laughs> I know I'll hear about it. <laughs> but that camp, anyhow, you, you know, have fun. Enjoy it. But when you're there, just have a little prayer and just say, God, this week, give me a little wee bit of understanding. Give me wisdom so that I can unlock something in my life so that I can be positioned for the next year. Amen? I, I, I really want to challenge you to do it. Don't just, don't just glean knowledge but ask God to give you wisdom. Another scripture, and then I'm just gonna give you four points, and then we're gonna pray. And it's Proverbs chapter nine. And this is a powerful scripture. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you, when you fear God, the fear of, fear of God is not, <laughs> it is actually more, the fear of God is, no, no, I can know you. Today I acknowledge you're the creator of the universe. I acknowledge you're the Lord. You're the king of all the earth. I acknowledge that you look over all things. You even laugh at the schemes of the wicked because ultimately you've got everything in your hand. And, and we come to a God like that and we stand under the umbrella of his grace and his love and we fear him. We honor him. We lift him up as the Lord, the majestic one, the sovereign one, the king, amen? We lift him up. We say, we say God, you're not just a figure of imagination. You are real. That is, in a way, the fear of the Lord. We fear, we worship. We wanna live our life in obedience to who he is. That's what God calls us to do. And it says, knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. When you bring your life and you connect it with this amazing God who's manifest himself in the person of Jesus Christ, something happens in your humanity. Something shifts, something changes. And I believe God changes us for the good. And so today I just, uh, as we come, say with me, wisdom is the principal thing. And if you read through the Bible, especially Proverbs chapter eight, it talks about the power of wisdom, but really it's an image of Jesus. And if you are to embrace wisdom, what you're doing is you're embracing who Christ is. And he's the one who's able to direct your life. He's the one who's able to uh, minister into your life. The first area that I wanna leave with you today is wisdom can be taken by simply asking him. How many have ever faced a difficulty? If you haven't got your hand up, you're a liar. <laughs> Amen, we all face challenges. Life is about challenges. Life is about pressure. Christianity is not taking away from you trials. It's not taking away from you pressure. But what it does do is it gives you the ability to navigate it with grace. And so what the Bible says in the book of James, it says, if you are going through a period in James chapter one where you're under pressure, what I want you to do is, this is James's instruction. He said, I want you to ask God for wisdom. And when you ask him, I don't want you to be like a double-minded man or woman who's unstable, but I want you to believe that God will speak to you, right? Many years ago, and this was a long time ago, but I just thought of an illustration that might help you connect. Helen and I had got into a wee bit of a financial situation. We weren't broke or anything, but I just didn't like our financial situation, right? And I didn't like how much we'd built up on our credit card. And I don't like it because, you know, you're paying the stupid fee of 22%. And I thought, wow, that is stupidity. And I didn't know. And, and I came to God. I said, look, come on, God, help us get out of debt. How many have ever prayed that prayer? <laughs> and so you're, in a way, you're expecting Lotto to land in your lap. Oh, man, I'm free. So, but, but I said, God, I need wisdom right now. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom, show me how to get out of debt so we're never gonna be, in a way, controlled by this 22%. I wanna get out, right? I wanna get out. Anyone identify with what I'm talking about? And so I came and I said, God, I ask you for wisdom. Now, as clear as anything, do you know what God responded with? He said, cut up your credit card. And I did. And in cutting up the credit card, within three months, we were completely out of debt. 
See, see, God's wisdom doesn't work with our rational understanding. And, and often we want God's favor, but it's a, a lotto favor. <laughs> it's like, come on, God, you've got to help me. You, you're my provider. You're my provider. Yeah, well, God is your provider. Sorry for getting carried away. But you are my provider. But yet God wants you to be blessed. And he wants to give you wisdom and knowing how to be blessed and knowing how to have favor in your life. And I believe this year, God wants to actually speak to you. Th those, those little voices sometimes are, are just directly, they're small, but you know they're God because they give you incredible peace and they give you the authority to do what God's calling you to do. And perhaps this year, you might have to break off a relationship. Perhaps it's not a godly relationship. And wisdom would say, no, no, come on, get that right. Perhaps God wants to direct you in the area of education, learning. Come on, wisdom is powerful. Wisdom, the Bible says wisdom builds. But if you don't listen to God, foolishness destroys. And what we need is, is people who know how to build their life with wisdom. And uh, there's a scripture that God gave me, and it was in, I can remember the year 1995, and I prayed the scripture. I, I can't say every day, because that would be to lie, and it's an exaggeration. But I sure have prayed it a fair bit. And it comes from 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29. And it's just a simple prayer. But I know God has blessed me and answered this prayer. And it just said, God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand of the seashore. And I prayed that prayer. That is one of my most constant prayers I pray. God, give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom. I ask you for wisdom. I need to navigate my life with wisdom. Help me, God. But with wisdom, give me exceedingly great understanding. I wanna know how to communicate what you have directed and built into my life. But also God, I want you to give me the capacity of heart that's able to embrace all that you've called me to do. And I believe in many ways in my small world, God has answered that. Because that is a prayer, it's an asking. And we have not because we ask. And tonight, I just wanna encourage you. Come on, let's be bold. Let's start asking God for wisdom. Let's start asking God to reveal to us situations in our life. The second part is knowing him. The first one is asking. The second one is to know him. I like the Psalm, Psalm 46. It says, be still and know that he is God. I love the raucous praise. I, you know, I'm not talking against that because I actually quite like it. <laughs> um, and, and I like the clapping of hands and the shouting. But every now and again, you just need to stop. And you do need to contemplate. You just need to know who God really is. You need to think, you need to meditate, just know him, know him. And in the knowing, see, God, is, God has revealed himself in such a way that you and I can know him. So sometimes just being in his presence. I, I many situations in my life, we're just sitting in the presence of the Holy Spirit. How do you know he's present? Somehow your heart just gets filled with a supernatural peace that's beyond human understanding. Just stop it. Or it's like the anxiety, the pressure of life goes away. You just stop. 
I think that's what holidays are about, holy days. Aren't they? Holidays really comes from the word holy day. But it actually is not pushing God out. It's actually saying, no, no, I'm coming closer. It's a holy day. I, I want to know you more. I want to know your presence. Because as we said, wisdom comes from fearing him. Fearing him comes from knowing him. When you know him, that's where something of the wisdom of God is manifest in your life. Just knowing who God is. Equipus Church is not about a form of religion, but it's about knowing the creator of the universe. The amazing thing is that there's six or seven billion people on the earth, but we can all know the creator of the universe personally. God that we might know him. The third area is that we might respond to him. So the first area is you ask him. The second area is to know him. The third area is to respond to him. I didn't see who was on the keyboards, but if you wouldn't mind coming and playing, it would be good. So the third area is, is to listen to him. Sorry, listen, I said, yeah, did I say listen? I think I did. Anyhow, know him, listen to him. And it's just listening to his voice. Uh, the first church we, Helen and I, started was in Wanganui. And uh, there was this guy, and he came, and he wanted to go on a journey of knowing God. I can't remember, it might have been nine months or 18 months, but he decided that to know God, he would read the Bible. So it was about knowledge for him. He wanted to read. So he read right through the Old Testament, he went right through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He went through the book of Acts, right, read right through. He was coming to church off and on. And then he came to the book of Romans. He read the book of Romans. But then he came to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. And it was amazing because he read all right through the Bible. He had knowledge because he was a sort of a teacher motivation. He wanted to understand. He was sort of trying to, he was trying to discover God. But then he came to the Scripture and he underlined it in his Bible and he put a date there. He, this was the, the verse where he surrendered to Christ. I remember the day leading him to Jesus. It just says that the cross is foolish to the wise of this world, but it's the power of God unto salvation. And then it talks about the wisdom of God is foolishness to the wise of this world. It's like he came to this place and he said, I can't work this out. I can't work the cross out. I can't work out what Jesus, I can't logically unpack it with my mind. But he said, I know that God right now you've revealed to me that when Jesus died on a cross 2,000 years ago, he died for me. He dealt with my selfishness. He dealt with my pride. He dealt with the areas of my life of shame. He took all those away and he came and I, I remember preaching and him just coming up to the front and he underlined this verse in his Bible. I read this this morning. He said, today is my day. I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus. He's been an elder in the church. He's served God, still serving God. But it's just amazing how you know, we can try and work, we can try and analyze, we can try and discover God with our mind, but really God is a God who can only be known by revelation. He's a God who reveals, He makes Himself known. When you understand His love and you start listening to His voice, something of the, the wonder of God's grace and His, His, His freedom comes to your life. 
And this year you might be going through an area and sometimes you, you can hear God through other people. Sometimes you can hear God just through your intuitively hear something speak into your heart. Sometimes you can read something and it's like God speaks to you. I love it when I wake up in the morning. It's my time. I, I don't know. Perhaps I'm not as confused when I wake up. I don't know. <laughs> but it's when often I, I just hear God speak and I've learned to trust Him. Trust Him on what He says. And when I unpack what He says, I listen to that wisdom. That becomes a revolutionary part of how God directs your life and directs your path. So we need to ask Him. We need to know Him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Young people, enjoy life, but please know God. Discover who Jesus is. If you're here tonight and you've never ever thought about Jesus Christ, just take time to think about it. Read the Gospels. Read what they say. Just just go through the sayings of Jesus. Analyze them. And ask God in His wisdom to make Jesus known to you. You watch what Jesus will do. He'll come to us. If we call upon Him, He will answer. He will come. And the fourth area, so the ask Him, know Him, listen to Him. But the third, fourth area is respond to Him. That's simply to obey. Simply to say yes. What He says, do it. What He says, do it. Difficult challenge, but some of you have heard our story. Helen and I, I think it was in the year 2000. God spoke to me about going to London and I shared on my pillow at night to Helen, I think God's calling us to go to London. And uh, her response is, no, no. God would never tell us to go to London. And uh, we sort of talked briefly and I sort of listened to Helen's response. And uh, her response was, children leave home, not parents. And that was our situation. Then the next morning we were having this gathering in our home where all the staff came together and Helen was very good with her hospitality. She cooked pancakes and bacon and banana and syrup and all this stuff. And so they all came. And then what we did is we had this gathering where we'd sort of like piggy in the middle. So you came into the middle and everybody else prayed for you. And so we were praying, we were prophesying over people. And then it was our turn to be prayed for. Now you've got to understand, no one, no one, no one, not even our kids had known our conversation the night before, no one. And here we were in the middle and this guy comes up. And I always think it's hilarious because he prophesied, I, I, I'm technically was the boss, right? And he sacked me in his prophecy. It's like sort of someone who's employed by the church prophesying me out of the church. <laughs> and he prophesied, he says that God is gonna take you to another nation. And he started prophetically speaking into exactly the conversation we'd had the night before. Now we could have analyzed that. I could have thought about humanly every excuse in my life, why we shouldn't do it. And we thought about that. But in the end, we had to actually, can I say, get off our butt 
and arise. Because on the other side of our obedience is God's blessing. And when we did, we took a big risk and we left. And that's when Sam became the pastor of the church here, 2001. It was a big, big step. But I look now, I've got guys here on the front row who have come out of the London church. Neil's Peter and Maybrit over there. And every step, you look, in, you look at what God, the favour that came out of that one simple step of obedience. Now you might say, well, for that reason, I'm not going to obey. <laughs> I, I don't want to, but, but actually our obedience always positions us. It's like wisdom gives you the ability to respond. And then after a period of time, you look back and think, wow, Look what came out of that step of obedience. Perhaps for you this year, you might be thinking, well, Bible college is just not on, but God is saying, yes, it is. Or you might think going to university, how can I, our oldest son did a plumbing gas fitting apprenticeship. And then he came to us after he'd worked and he said, dad, I don't really think I wanna do this for the rest of my life. I said, well, what do you want to do? He said, I don't know. He left school at the end of what was in the fifth form then. And so he, uh, he, he was good with his hands. And he said, I don't know. I think I want to be an engineer or an architect. And I said, oh, we'll go to university. So he had to do his sixth form year before he started. And then he went on and he did architecture, which if you know the degree, it's a five-year course. So that's plumbing, apprenticeship, gas fitter, qualified then going back to university, doing six years at university to qualify as an architect. But that was the wisdom of God for his life. Because now you see the fruit that has come out of his obedience. And sometimes, you know, the, the, the window can look so wide or the journey so wide, but we don't stop for a moment and say in the scheme of things, it's actually small if it's the wisdom of God. Because on the other side of God's wisdom is understanding, it's blessing, it's prosperity. There's just the wonder of who God is. So what I'm trying to really build tonight is, is your journey with Him. God wants you to be favoured. God wants you to arise. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't want you to be like the foolish person who listens and has a whole lot of information but never really acts. Amen. And one of the great things of being older is I haven't done it perfectly, but I can testify to God's goodness. He is real. He is real. His wisdom unlocks things in our mind. Sometimes, you know, and you might have actually heard me say this, and I pray you hear it with the humility of my, my heart. But sometimes I get absolutely amazed at the brilliance of the things I share. <laughs> and, and I sit there and I think, sometimes I'm preaching and I say something and I think, wow, that was so good, I'd have to take notes on that. <laughs> Why? Because that's God. God's wisdom. God's wisdom is, it goes beyond your wisdom. It's your ability to unlock something of heaven and bring it to earth. 
And that's why you can sit there and you think, some of my best sermons I write after them, I preach them. (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) Because it's like God's wisdom, His revelation comes into them. And, And I believe tonight God wants to unlock something. 2020 is a profound year. Amen.